make fast decisions, know what you are wanting to select, what the end result is, and really try and stick to that budget. Like every decision you make has an effect on the budget. It's not necessarily that decision, it's but the decision that has caused, you know, like it will have a knock-on effect. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen. And before we get into this episode, I need to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and opinion only. It should not be taken as personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property and you should maximise your profit potential and minimise your risk by seeking independent advice that relates to your personal circumstances through your own financial planner, accountant and any other professionals that you are working with. The examples in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, everyone. It's Bernadette back with the podcast She Renovates. And today I have a special guest in Vivian Halliday. Now, Vivian's a veteran in terms of property, and she has recently been featured in, you know, all the media outlets where one of her jobs was featured. So Vivian is living the dream, and I know this is where you want to be, so I thought it would be really good for you to hear how someone else has got to this point, because... I think Vivian would agree it's not all roses. It takes a lot of commitment to get to a point where you've got a process that actually produces you reliable income. And I think that's what we would like to flesh out today. So welcome, Vivian. Hi, Bernadette. How are you? Lovely. Come on. I love your podcast. (laughs) So we've known um, one another for quite a while now. So we met through Property Women. Yeah, yeah, I think you were doing um, a presentation for us at Property yeah. Women. Yeah. yeah, and you came and did our um, workshop. How long ago was that? That was a few years ago, wasn't it? Three, three or four years ago, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, in Sydney there. That was awesome. And, yeah, and also you've been a, quite an avid airbnb which I'm very happy about. It's such a good thing to do and it's quite exciting and the, the money's great as well. So like it's yeah, a that helps, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I thought we would start with maybe if you could share a bit about your journey. So from your first reno and to where you are today. Um, my journey was a little bit accidental to start with. Back in the time where we had... Um, when the banks were the only place you could go. My mum tried to buy a property and she couldn't buy one. So I decided to help her because I was younger. That was the the thing that went on there. Like, I mean, I wasn't earning that much, but ticked the box for the bank. So, and we bought this little high set house. It was sort of nothing much flash, but, you know, we had to put carpets and all that sort of stuff in it. So that was my first part of Renault. And then the recession that we had to have hit and we had ridiculous interest rates, you know, like they doubled 18% or something. And so we were going like, how can we hold on to this house? And I was working at a hardware at the time. So we decided we'd build in underneath and rent out underneath. We actually ended up renting the top because that was more and my mum moved downstairs. 
And so that was like a really <laughs> big introduction to renovating. So from there on in, like when I got married and bought houses, we'd buy them and sort of like update the kitchens and bathrooms and then end up selling that and moving on, which wasn't really the smartest thing, but that was what I knew at the time. So with a bit of education, I sort of like learned how to um, renovate and hold. But I always like that dual income. So that's what I tend to look for is just get how can I get that extra income, which is, um, yeah, Airbnb is a great way of doing that as well. So, yeah, accidental, yeah. but learning as I go. Yeah, awesome. And so now at the moment you're flipping? Yes, yes. I'm mm-hmm. on the, the road to get a, a little bit more um cash so that I can buy a bigger buy whole property so I'm doing some flips so that I can build out being a collect you know a good amount yeah awesome and you're doing that in Brisbane yeah I like the Brisbane market I'm familiar with it so therefore you know like I actually live on the Gold Coast but I find it too um fluctuates too fast it's it's, so I I like the, the Brisbane market yeah, the gold has been a bit of a basket case for a long time, hasn't it? And you never know when it's going to go up or go down or when or it's just too hit and miss for a, for a renovation, I feel. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. And so, as I mentioned, it's not all plain sailing. What have been some of the rocky bits for you? Uh, when you <laughs> when you don't know the market and you've you've gone to a different market and everything costs more than what you thought, you know, like you'd sort of think it's only a couple of hours away. So, um, or your tradies should be the same. So you cost it up on that and you find out that's not the case. <laughs> oh, that is so true. Cause often, you know, like people will say to me, you know, what will I pay for a plumber or whatever? I say, I can't tell you what you'll pay for a plumber because what I pay for a plumber is completely different. That is something that I've really noticed cause I've used a few of your trades they are incredibly cheap. Like in um, yeah, I, I sort of like to suss them out a fair bit and I do have, well, I've given them a fair bit of work so they know what I expect and, and their prices are good, you know. So, um, But it's not always the case. If you don't look around, you can oh. easily pay too much. So. Oh, I definitely know that. But what, like we're the same in Sydney. Our trades are pretty good too but then like... That your guys, you know, because a lot of them come from country Queensland, don't they? Yeah, well, um, yeah, my painter does. So he's brilliant. He actually comes down and um, he'll sleep in the house. He'll have his team sleep in the house and paint the house. And, like, when I've got a house that's, that I'm doing to flip, it's usually empty. So that works fine for me and I get a great price for my painting and he does a good finish. So it's win-win. So happy yeah, to work with That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you mentioned the other day at the moment you're doing three flips a year. Yeah, that's my aim. So I'm in the middle of one at the moment. I just sold one in September. So I'm, I'm madly juggling to try and still look for the next one while I'm doing this one. But that's a little bit of an art. I haven't quite sort of got there yet. But um, I've got a VA on board to help me with that. So Well done. <laughs> yeah, I just figured I can't do everything. So it's yeah. all about learning how to outsource. So what aspects of the work are you outsourcing to your VA? She's going through all my spreadsheets for me, updating, because like, I did actually have some already done. So she's updating the sales so I won't send out to anyone that's just purchased the property because obviously the, 
not going to sell it for <laughs> a reasonable price. So, Sorry, I'm so, not following that in terms uh, of... Well, a lot of the times I've just purchased. So yeah. if the purchase price is, is above what I actually want to buy that suburb, like I've got a, a dollar price for that suburb. Yeah. So if their recent purchase is above that, I won't bother sending out a letter or anything to them. Okay. So I just send some direct So mail. you're sourcing your properties through letterbox dropping basically? Yeah, yeah. That and also um, real estate. So I'm trying to automate an SMS and an email out to the real estate agents that I deal with just so that they remember me. So it's just a way of getting them to call me, getting my face in front of them so that when they find a deal, they give me a call because a lot of it, you know, the off-market stuff is cream. So, Yeah, yeah, awesome. And how have you found the um, Queensland market? Like what's happening in the market? Um, different pockets actually in Brisbane. I find some are sort of a bit slack and slow and some of the premium pockets are still sort of going along nicely. Yeah. So, you know, like the inner ring is still good. You know, there's, there's those pockets that are always popular, you know, yeah. the beachside ones and they're still doing okay. But those ones that sort of lower priced ones tend to sort of like fluctuate a lot more and yeah. ones that have got higher rentals tend to fluctuate a lot more. So sticking with those ones that people want to live in, the better ones. Yeah. So what I think a lot of renovators do is that they tend to get really focused on the actual renovating and lose sight of the big goal, the big picture. Mm. And so I'm curious to know what your big picture is. So what's the life that you're working towards? My big, hairy, audacious goal. (laughs) I plan in in the next couple of years to get my husband home from fly and fly out. Not 100% home because I think he'd probably miss the contact and that was the voice, but he's on a two-on-two-off roster and he can go part-time, which means he'll be home for six weeks and, and away for two. And that will still give us income for the banks and give him more time at home. So that's number one. But I'd actually like to travel a lot more and I have an idea of renovating a little property in sort of Tuscany, something like that. So (laughs) maybe Airbnb, sort of go and collect some Airbnbs around the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And so what does your day look like at the moment? So on a daily basis, how does your day run? Because Um, I know that a lot of our listeners are, this is their dream. So, yeah. Okay. So when I'm mid, you know, or right in that early stage of renovation and I've got to be on site, it's pretty full on. So I live an hour away and on Queensland roads, that usually takes an hour and a half. So if I don't leave, like if I'm trying to get on site for, say, 6.30 start, I've got to leave at five. So it's it's an early morning for me, but um, I don't mind getting up there and I prefer to get up there a little bit earlier than the trades actually just to like settle my mind until, you know, where we're at, where we're going and what needs to be done. I can sort of check work while nobody's asking me questions. So, yeah, it's getting up on site, sort of setting up the boys for the day, going and picking up stuff, shopping, which is great in between stuff. Like if I'm going past 
Um, I'm going to the hardware and I'll go past a, a tile shop or I'll go past a um, lighting shop that's got specials on that I, I might just still like detour in. And then a lot of the time I sort of finish early so I can get back and miss the traffic and do a little bit of planning and that for the next day because you've got to keep the paperwork up. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those first few weeks sort of are a blur and you still like get to I think the third week and a friend of mine said, you're looking tired, Viv, and I go, yeah (laughs) but then once you get past that you know like at the moment the painters are on site the tellers are on site it's just going up there checking on them making sure that everything's good and I'm now sort of like finding those little bits and pieces that I want you know the finishes the lights the fans and yeah that sort of thing so that's the fun bit you know like getting all those fancy bits that you want trolling through gum tree and (laughs) seeing whether you can find a deal somewhere or you know using the you know like the cards and that to get discounts and things that yeah so it's good fun yeah and of course yes you're the queen of negotiating because you up until recently own Renault Safe (laughs) yeah that's right I sort of like um I still have all those contacts so it's a matter you know like I sort of go okay I'll just go in and use it normally. But then I ended up, um, they quite often ring me and say, oh, Viv, <laughs> what are you after? <laughs> but it, And I'm still so like going and finding deals and going, oh, that's a really good deal. We should get it on the card. And I go, oh, actually, I might have to send it through to somebody else now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like I've, I've used it for heaps on the Renault. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely worthwhile using that if, you, if you're doing Renault. Exactly. And I have two thanks to you. And, you know, one of the best ones is National Tiles. I have mm. got thousands of dollars off my tile orders through them. Yeah, absolutely. Like you get the premium ones, like, you know, that are $50 and you're paying about $26 or $28. Like, yeah. you know. well, oh, the ones that we put in one job were $90 a square metre and yep. massive amount off. Like it was amazing. So that's definitely a little plug for Renault Save. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. use it. <laughs> yeah. So this most recent Renault that you've done and you've sold, do you want to tell us about that? So that was an auction actually and um, I actually bought it for $10,000 over the land value and that was in Clayfield. So that's probably the most important part of renovating is buying well. And I could see the potential in it, but you had to sign a disclaimer to walk through the door. There were holes in it. There'd been white ants. There was a few structural things that you had to fix on it. So, but I sort of walked through it and I could see that the bones were all good. Yes, the back had been eaten out by white ants and the floors and and spots, but not all the floors had beautiful ceilings and so much character that I could see that you know, like it would come up beautifully. So I purchased that and renovated it. It did cost me quite a bit to reno. It was about 100, 120 to renovate that. I had to put a new roof on it. Like I said, the back was all sort of eaten out with white ants. I found it really strong because I could rip off all these BJs with my bare hands because they were just shells. Um, Moved it around a little bit, you know, put a new kitchen in, um, new bathroom, ensuite, walk and rope, that sort of thing. So made it sort of what people are looking for in today's market. And when I sort of went to put it back to the market at that stage, I'd made just on, you know, like 100000 out of it, but I decided to keep it and rent it for a little while because it was in a really high growth area. So by doing that, I sort of got 
probably an extra seventy or eighty thousand. Wow. Um, doing that. So yeah. And the plus thing too, it did actually have units around it, which was a little bit off putting. So I had, mind you, I'd ripped out a million trees. So I suppose I was giving back and putting some more trees in. But I sort of like lined the backyard with really nice, fast-growing trees. And so by the time I did sell it, those trees had grown up. And, you know, like, you didn't feel like you were still, like, being looked at as much. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely worthwhile doing that. So I'm just thinking about, like, we always talk about, not just relying on cosmetic renovation. You need to do a bit more than that. What would you say the main sort of tweak you did to the function of the property to increase the value? So I actually ripped out a wall. So it was like you come in and there was sort of like a lounge room and it was boxed off. And then there was a dining room and that was boxed off and the kitchen was in another area. So it was sort of very boxy. So I opened the wall between the old lounge and dining and made that sort of kitchen and I moved the dining into where the old bathroom was so that it was sort of like a, an open plan kitchen, dining, living, and the dining went out onto a deck. So I built a little deck. Yeah. So the, just the functionality, it just sort of meant that everything flowed and you could sort of see through to the deck. The little sleep out on those Queenslanders is just awesome because they just sort of like lend themselves to adding in an ensuite and walking road. So. The master ended up with that and I think even the little room at the back that was the kitchen, that ended up having a nice little walk-in robe and the toilet, which was the toilet, so, and the front part of the toilet, I actually put in a laundry, just a tiny, basically a laundry in a cupboard. But um, in those old Queenslanders, you've usually got to go downstairs to go to the, Um. the laundry, you know, with the old concrete tubs and everything. And nobody wants to do that, you know, like go under a house to do their laundry, you know, like they come home late at night. And so basically having that laundry in the cupboard was a great little feature. So just bringing it up to modern and opening it up. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we've got some photos of that project, haven't we? Yes. Yes. So so I'll I'll put those in the show notes so everyone can go and have a look at it because we always love a good before and after. Oh, yeah, those ones there are pretty stunning. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's good. So have you got any favourite sort of supplies or, you know, what do you do for kitchen? So is that, do you use the same provider each time? And um, I used to use a, a little company up in, um, oh, can't even remember the name now. I might, I'll let you know. I'm not too sure whether they're still going, but I, I couldn't get hold of them this time. So I've just used a flat pack from Ikea and I've used the Bunnings one. I've used Symbol and I think that they're all pretty much of a muchness. Symbol's great because it actually delivers to site. You don't have to do that. I chose Ikea this time because they had $100 off per thousand that you spent which was handy, so just keep an eye out for that special. And their stone is quite reasonably priced as well. So I could actually get the wardrobes in the same door pattern as the kitchen, which sort of like made it a bit more of a flow through. It's certainly easier. Like I've got a really good guy that puts kitchens together for me, so that's the other thing. I think if you've got to do it yourself, it's a little bit tricky, but... yeah, yeah. I've actually done an episode on flat pack kitchens because I believe that the quality of the kitchen is pretty dependent on the installer a poorly installed kitchen just really looks terrible 
Yeah. yeah, like I love my kitchen guy and he just sort of like came in. I was putting the carcasses together for him the other day and he sort of he sort of said, no, you haven't measured it right, Viv. <laughs> You've got to cross to make sure. I went, oh. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, like he's just a whiz and puts it in fast. I don't think if I didn't have that, I, I don't think I'd sort of probably go down that road. But, yeah, yeah getting it installed is definitely a oh, path. Yeah, it's essential. Actually, I love your kitchen guy too. Because <laughs> he just recently put our kitchen in too, and I got that offer as well, and it just blew me away because I got a kitchen and laundry and bench tops because I didn't do stone for and the sinks, you know, the nice butler's sinks in the laundry and the kitchen for four thousand eight hundred. Yeah, that's like, pretty amazing, isn't it? It sure is. I have to say, I wanted to try a Bunnings one because I've never done Bunnings, but seriously, four to six week wait on anything other than gloss white. I thought that's ridiculous. The whole idea of a fat back kitchen is Is to go in and pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've got about four colours that you can go and get. I think there is a trick to the Bunnings one. Different stores stock different colours, but you don't know until you ask the question. So like there's 10 stores in Brisbane. There'll be one that will stock a different colour. But, yeah, so, yeah, you can get it, but it's a matter of knowing the, the tricky questions. And the other difference that I've discovered is that the Bunnings have the 16 mil backs, whereas IKEA don't. No, no. But if it's installed properly, that shouldn't be an issue. And I, I tend to think that IKEA have uh, slightly more better designs, as in better looking designs, but, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more modern. You sort of get the shaker look for a little bit less. So yeah. I sort of went that way with mine. Um, yeah, that's what we did too. We went yeah, shaking. we probably got the mirror image. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and I actually got the appliances from there. They're actually all Whirlpool, which I didn't know. Yeah. I, no, I've never gone there. But, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think we went appliances online. And I was really impressed with the prices. Yeah, they're very good. And I think Renault Safe's got a package with, well, it's appliances online that they've got that $1,000 and you get, like, everything. The wow. dishwasher, oven, cooktop and range hood. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good have one. Have you seen yeah. that Seconds World, Harvey Norman have bought out Seconds World? Is that what happened? Yeah. I know. So I'm really curious to see because I have to say Seconds World has been my favourite go-to for a Yeah. So it'll be re- really interesting to see. Their website was down, but I heard them advertising on the radio today. So hopefully the website's back up so we can get back in there and, yeah. yeah watch that space. I think they're probably trying to compete. So Yes, clients is online. I think there's... Mm. Steady competition there, yeah. Oh, yeah, a little bit of competition makes for good prices, so we'll have to have a look at that. (laughs) Okay, so what would you say would be your biggest challenges with your projects? What do you find the hardest? Getting good tradies is always tricky and getting them to work together well. I suppose the hardest thing I find is actually finding the deal. That's sort of like a lot of work. But on-site... I love the actual juggling. That's my thing. Like I, I'm not somebody that has to have everything go in line and ticket as it, you know, like when everything sort of goes crazy on a Renault site, which it does do, I, I'm in my element then. So I don't know what that says about my head, but I do know like if renovating, if you like everything to go to plan and scheduled, 
it's not necessarily going to happen. No, I'd go so far as to say it almost never happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the challenge. But the thing is, that really weeds out the sheep from the goats, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I think you've got to sort of um, go with whatever's happening at the moment and make fast decisions. Know what you are wanting to sort of like, what the end result is and really try and stick to that budget. Like every decision you make has an effect on the budget. It's not necessarily that decision, it's but the decision that has caused, you know, like it will have a knock-on effect. Um, So changing one wall is going to change this. It's going to change the electricity. It's going to, you know, maybe change where you can put the plumbing, all that sort of stuff. So it's sort of like always thinking a step ahead. The other thing that I find interesting is the difference between states. Like I've renovated in now five states and I found it really curious with Queensland because it's really the first job I've ever done there. Because you have so much timber frame, like, the Queenslanders, the trades really freak out about double brick because the house we bought was is double brick and mm. it's really solid. Oh, seriously, some of them, particularly the electricians, were doing my head in. Like they were making such song and dance about the fact that they had to chase the walls and that was reflecting in the price. And I was, get a grit. Like seriously, you know, Yeah, I think with that, like what I found with a lot of Queenslanders and I've also found like with tradies, if you get the the guys that come over from England are brilliant because they are used to houses that are not straight, that are brick, that always have problems, that they've got to adjust, that are never, you know, straight and they can adjust it, you know, whereas a lot of the tradies here are used to new houses and, you know, when a wall's out of line, you know, it's sort of like, puts everything out for them, you know, it's a big drama. And I go, you know, as a Queenslander, it's not going to be straight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, you're right, because the electrician I ended up getting was Irish. Yeah, yeah. And he was great. Like, nothing was a problem. And he was very organised, like, where there were variations, he followed up. You didn't have to struggle to get the documentation out of him and things like that. So, yeah, that was good. So he's obviously used to working with properties that don't sort of fall into line. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort of, yeah, they're not the kid home sort of style thing. But that's what I found. I found the guys that are not sort of like, and I mean, there's some Aussies, like the guy that I've got on at the moment, brilliant. He's an Aussie guy, so that's cool, you know, but, you know, the kitchen guys, XUK. Yeah, he's awesome. Plumbers, I've had, you know, and they are brilliant just because they're just more adaptable and used to seeing houses and working on houses that are not brand new, straight, yeah. you know, and they don't mind brick because they're used to it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, just another question, just coming back to your VA, is your VA Australian-based or...? Um... No, she's Philippine-based. Awesome. <laughs> well done. Yeah. And um, I actually chose her. I actually, a friend of mine had a VA and was saying how she chose hers. And she said, like, she was looking for a mama that, you know, had to work around kids, you know, and be a little bit more flexible. And that's what I actually wanted. I wanted somebody because I'm all over the place with the reno. I'm not necessarily sort of at a desk all day. So I didn't actually want somebody. Well, I didn't need anyone that was going to work from eight to five. Yeah. So I actually looked for somebody that had a family that, you know, could come maybe set up in the morning, which their time is like six o'clock there as as our eight o'clock. 
Mm. So um, get up before bubs and everything, you know, crazy time starts and sort of touch base with me and then go and look after the kids and then come back in the meantime. And that's what I ended up getting. She was actually, she's so lovely. Her husband works away for nine months of the year and she was sort of working in town, but with him going away, she wanted to be home with the kids and try and find some work. So that's actually what's ended up happening. Like I've sort of said, like, I've got something on with kids, just let me know, go for it, and we'll just catch up during the day. So she still does all of the work, but in her time. Yeah. And, you know, like I feel like I'm actually helping, you know. That's great, yeah. Because I know how hard it is with, you know, like little kids and you're trying to sort of make an income and you want to be there for your family and, you know, like I was there at one stage, so it's sort of like doing something back. Yeah, I know, like I'm the same. I've got three BAs at the moment and one of them in particular you know, she is full-time, but she'll say, you know, I'm signing out to go and pick my son up from school. And it just gives them the freedom that they, you know, and I know that they like to work like that. They don't really yeah. like to be in a regimented, yeah. So, and it's also a bit of give and take, but an awesome sort of resource for what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, just checking things out, just even looking for the maps, like if I'm looking for a development property, just looking for the maps, you can sort of go through. I've actually got like a little profile for her to do if I'm looking for a property that she just fills in and searches, you know, dial before you dig and all that sort of stuff for me and gives me the photos. I've got it all sort of like, I just get a one pager and I can sort of see and it saves me a lot of time. So Well done. Vivian. Yeah, I'm sort of like um, I've been working at it, sort of yeah. pretty hard, sort of in between stuff. So it's all sort of coming together now, which is just really great. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so we're just about ready to wind up. Yes, we are definitely ready to wind up. But just before we go, I just wanted to recap on a few things that you have mentioned. So, firstly, in terms of getting the right property is critical. So just yeah. to re sort of reinforce that managing your budget definitely critical getting trades that can that are work price wise and can work together having a big picture so having a vision about what would you say that's motivated you more like having that it's absolutely like I I think I've been doing the property thing for a while and I was sort of like I had this sort of idea of what I wanted but I never had a concrete goal with a time frame and I and this is sort of like something that I really want so I get up in the morning and I'm excited to go and I'm you know I have that vision in my head all the time yeah Yeah, it just it moves it to another level yeah awesome and of course you know automating a lot of what you're doing in terms of sourcing properties and yeah so that's that's another area that you've developed so I guess what I'm trying to do is flesh out that this is not you work it out and then that's it it's a it's a path of continual improvement absolutely like I've changed what I've done along the way and I've learned stuff like I can't stress how much education has been part of my journey you know like and a lot of people sort of think oh you know like it costs money and I'm going um you know it costs a lot lot more to make a mistake and learn from that so It gives you different ideas. It gives you context, the context that I've I've met through a lot of the education places that I've I've been through. Like yours is amazing. I still use your little sheets for doing the renovation. I go through and I fill them all out when I go through the house. (laughs) Awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I just sort of think that's probably my number one tip. Going in blind can cost you an awful lot of money. Look, I absolutely agree. And to be honest with you, we did it ourselves trial and error for many years and I would not recommend that. And education's cheap. Like, it is. It is. Really. What you can blow. You're buying like a six, seven, or hundred thousand dollar house or more. Yeah. Like, you know? know. Yeah. So I don't know. I know it's um yeah it's one of the things that I have done. This is sort of a bit on a tangent, but one of the things that I talk to the people that we work with all the time is about the whole house and land thing. What a bad idea it is particularly when you're in, you know, in your 50s because it's it's going to take so many years to even get up to what you paid for it. And yeah. it really blows me away because I speak to people that are considering our training on a daily basis and every single day I talk to someone who has gone and bought one of those flipping things and is That's now so living. far behind the eight ball when they start. Like you've got years to catch up. And I feel like saying to them, like, this is costing you, I don't know how much a year. You didn't have to spend too much to get yourself a bit educated before you went and bought that. And now you are committed to a lifetime of grief. So I couldn't agree more. So what are your three tips? Top three tips. Well, number one, get educated. Number two, have that goal and make it more important than anything. It's got to be a must. So change those wants into musts. And I love what I do. So be flexible and enjoy it and enjoy the ride and not dwell on the little things. Always keep the big picture in mind. Beautiful. Well, listen, thank you for that, Vivian. It's been great talking to you because I think this podcast will play a part in some of the people listening to it actually making a decision about really going for their dreams. And it's good to let people know that it is it is a journey. It's not just click a switch. And no, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> definitely, no, there are no overnight successes. Although if you are committed to it, you can make good headway in reasonable amount. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've just got to be committed and just really make that your number one goal and concentrate. Excellent. Well, listen, congratulations. You're a powerful woman and I've really loved having you on. Thanks, Bernadette. Uh, Look, I absolutely love your podcast and I get so much out of them all the time. So thank you. Take care. No worries. Thanks, Bernadette. Bye. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.